Yes, have some podcast Mandalorian after show. We are live on YouTube. Welcome everybody to the show. What an episode it was. Before we get into it, I'm going to introduce our special guests. They're not really that special. It's the same people as last week, but they're special to me. Listen, come on. I wanted to give you guys Din Darden. I guess I can't say his name. Uh, <laughs> Abigail Gardner, how are you? I'm glad you could say my name. I'm I can say your though. name. I can't pronounce <laughs> it. I called him the Mando Man earlier. Uh, joining us from Los Angeles, California, Troy <laughs> Benjamin. How are you, man? Good evening, everybody. How's it going? Good, good, good. Ryan Dole from Vancouver. Hi, Canada. Woo! Star Wars. Let's do this. And my name is Craig Goldberg. So thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the YouTube channel. We are live. We appreciate everybody tuning in. It's late on the East Coast. Midnight Mando. We are going to be talking about the second episode of season two, which is chapter 10. They're, they're keeping me on my toes, keeping up with all these numbers. <laughs> season two, episode two, chapter 10. The Passenger, I believe is what it was called. Uh, really great episode, premiered on Disney Plus this morning. But before we get started, everybody, we got the live chat going. We're in there. We're having fun. We're going to keep it calm, and we're going to talk about Star Wars in what has been uh, really kind of a special week. Uh, I love Mandalorian. It's magical. It's the only word I can come up with when I'm watching it. Uh, but we're going to get into it in full detail here. If you're watching us, tuning in for the first time on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel. And if you are not watching this live and watching onto the replay, uh, welcome to uh, Yes, Have Some. And uh, man, I'm excited to talk about this. Let's get right into it. So premiered last night. Troy, before we went on, you mentioned that you actually took it uh, you took it on uh, before bed last night, which is not what I did uh, because it doesn't release till 3 a.m. Although Abby tried to convince me to stay up till 3 a.m. last night. Uh, so, the, Abby, did you watch it at 3 a.m. then? No, I was not successful at keeping Craig up. Okay. I tried. I got shut down. And then I tried to get at 7 this morning to wake Craig up. Like <laughs> at it was 7 a.m. this morning, Abby goes, let's watch Mandalorian. And I just went, no. You not until 9. do, Craig. <laughs> I did my Luke, my old Luke voice. I said, why do you think I would watch The Mandalorian at 7 a.m. with you? <laughs> um, so that's what I did. Uh, no, it was great. So wow. um, <laughs> my mean Luke voice. Nobody's from nowhere. <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, A laser sword. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is no way to treat the weapon of a Jedi, Ryan Johnson. Whoa, dropping bombs already. Um, yeah. So, listen, here we go. Mandalorian, we're going to start off by telling everybody how many credits we gave this episode. One to ten credits. One being... Uh, I'm not going to say what I was just going to say. One being the worst, ten being the most. Troy, you are our guest. One being poodoo. <laughs> I was going to say Kira poodoo guy. is number one. I was going to say one being solo, ten being Return of the Jedi. Uh, oh, wow. I don't like okay. the scale. Yeah. I don't like the scale. Did we not get a speech about dirt? <laughs> don't bury Star Wars, guys. We're just getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even two Stop minutes fighting. in, and you're just like, you got the golden God. shovel out. You're like, oh, God. you're like Triple you know, H listen, in 2002. When Alden Ehrenreich decides to join us for Midnight Mando, I will change my tune. You know that if you are my guest, I am not going to talk poorly about you. Um, but we're going to start off with our <laughs> credits. So here we go. Wait. 
There it is. How many credits did we give this episode? I'm going to multitask all night. Troy Benjamin, go for it. Uh, I'm going to give this one eight credits uh, okay. because now I've set a precedent uh, last week giving uh, the premiere episode nine credits. I can't give this one nine. Uh, so uh, eight, eight credits, I would say, because uh, it, it was a excellent episode, not my favorite episode, not my second favorite episode. So that's why it gets eight credits. Okay, eight Good. credits. Uh, Abigail Gardner, how many credits? Well, not to sound like a broken record, but I'm giving this episode... 10 credits just <laughs> okay. like last time oh, wow. okay. i was yeah. <laughs> i like that i go after troy as the contrast and i promise at some point <laughs> there will be an episode that i don't consider perfect but this episode went from cute to creepy like zero to 60 and that's literally my favorite thing in the world so i have to say i was in like beginning to end it's 10 10 out of 10 for me 10 out of 10 wow uh ryan dole how many credits i'm giving it nine out of 10 this week Nine out of ten credits. Do I need to explain why, or are we just going to get into it? Well, I think we're going to spend the next hour and a half talking about why. And I'm monitoring the chat, too. It looks like uh, we got seven out of ten, 8.75, eight credits, eight and a half, ten credits from Jessica Parker. Um, I am also at eight credits. I I thought it was a very enjoyable episode. Um, Who knows, looking back, how much impact the storyline developments in this specific episode will actually have on the overall uh, story of the Mandalorian. But I thought there was uh, plenty of adventure, plenty of really fun moments, plenty of really funny moments. And um, yeah, it did not quite have the, that season premiere, you know, holy shit, crate dragon kind of like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Uh, But it also, it had a lot of nuance and there was a lot of uh, really cool little moments that have, have kind of stuck with me uh, throughout the day that we're going to get into. So uh, I'm going to go with eight credits and uh, let's go ahead and round table it. Let's get into this in a more uh, uh, deep dive. By the way, as we go, uh, if you're in the chat, let us know what you thought of the episode. If you've got questions that you want us to tackle, uh, just uh, throw them in there. We're going to get to some Q&A there at the end. And uh by the way, uh, Blue Chainsaw Man, every time you drop a swear word in the chat, it just automatically blocks your chat. So you might want to clean up your language, buddy. Because um, I don't want to have to click the damn review button all, all night. Every uh, time. So anyways, uh, so yeah, let's start roundtable. Troy, uh, uh, first thoughts of, of The Passenger. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I mean, I, I give it eight credits, and you gave it eight credits uh, likewise, I think because it was it was a side quest, and I know that that frustrates a lot of people, but I think that that's the advantage that this show has, is that it can have these sort of tangential uh, stories that don't necessarily tie into the the full arc or the full storyline. Um, I, I love that that's what the show can do. We can spend some time with people. We can actually tie back to, um, you know, the... Uh, Oh shoot! the The prisoner was that what the name of the episode yeah. of the yeah. first yeah. season? A lot of callbacks um, to that specific episode for sure. Yeah, and in fact, gets gets the Mandalorian out of a jam because of his actions and his decisions in that episode too. So it's it's nice that those threads have been woven throughout the two seasons. Um, and I, there's a whole lot of you know for last uh, last episode where we were like you know not a whole lot of uh, moments of the child. There were a lot of child moments in this one. Child centric episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, child central. Uh, I want to give them credit, but somebody in the chat last week said that um, the child was giving them Gizmo Mogwai vibes, yeah. and especially in this episode in particular, all of his like little running like 
like that <laughs> yeah. was very Mogwai. Yeah. Um, but uh, but a, a fun episode and and a lot of cool callbacks for Star Wars fans too. Exactly the same amount of fan service where you're like, if you know what that is, you know what that is, and if you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter. You just enjoy it. So yeah. yeah. And well, we talked about that a lot last week about. There, there's different levels to enjoy it on. If you're a deep dive Star Wars fan of taking in all the content over the years, you're, you might even extract a little bit more out of an episode like this than somebody who might be a casual viewer. Um, Abby, what, what were your initial impressions of, uh, of this episode? Um, similar to Troy, honestly, I, uh, I caught those like gizmo moments and also the music whenever the child was on screen doing those little whimsical things. Like it, it almost reminded me of like gremlins, like a John Williams, the way that it, it just got kind of chimey and cute. Um, I absolutely love that stuff to go to the beginning of the episode. I think it was the strongest open of any Mandalorian opener, like the jetpack, getting back the jetpack with the, the one guy that's not a Jawa, but the little dude. Um, that was so <laughs> funny. Cheetos, and maybe. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I'd say that that was just brilliant and kind of, I love when you can have something that's like, it doesn't really affect the story, but it says so much about Mando and makes him look so badass. Um, and also seeing the child in that moment, it was it was a great open. Yeah, I guess we should cut back to the opening scene. It kind of picks up right where uh, last week's episode left off, although there was no shot of Boba Fett or anything like that. Although Deadline reporting some juicy rumors this week on the future of Boba Fett. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah, we kind of pick up. We see... Mando on the speeder. Uh, he is uh, accosted with the old middle of the desert tripwire routine. We've seen that a hundred times if we've seen it a thousand. Uh, and it was a really cool scene. They try to take the the our little guy uh, hostage with a knife to his throat. Mando wasn't having it, and uh, he gives him the jetpack as as his bounty. And uh, it's hilarious. Ryan, what'd you think of that opening scene? Uh, awesome. I like the little callback to kind of like what Ewoks did with the rope. Yeah. Uh, so that was like kind of cool. It seems like a regular thing. Like, it's just like, you know, how do you take out guys in a speeder bike? Huh? Well, let's just set up some ropes. I think <laughs> we're good we got to go. These ropes. <laughs> yeah, we this is going to be so easy. Yeah. Right? So, no, I, I, that opening scene was like fun because it was also like super tense too. Cause like, it's not too often you get to see the child actually like in the hands of the enemy. Right, right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, unless he's like, unless he handed him over. So for someone to actually get that close to actually getting the child, I thought that was like, that's something new. We haven't right. seen that before. And it actually gave you that sense of danger. So mm -hmm. it was kind of fun to figure out how for him to get out of it. And the, what I liked about this episode too, and we'll probably touch on this some more, is that, you know, the child was there and he was probably more creating more danger and he was solving things and they didn't have to use him as that scapegoat for everything. Right. Maybe. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. well, usually they kind of just have him like, Oh, we're stuck in a jam. Do your hand thing. And this whole mm -hmm. episode, he, he, he did nothing except make things worse. And it was awesome. And well, what I, like, I love going back yeah. to, you know, we didn't do midnight Mando last year and, and I'm, I'm upset that we didn't, but uh, one of my favorite moments in modern star Wars history is the, the stress of the the sequel trilogy and how polarizing it was, and then the just immense 
positive reception of Mandalorian that happened kind of uh, out of nowhere. And then the way they were like, listen, if we've got Ray force healing people, they're going to lose their shit. Who, who's going to break the news to the Star Wars community that that's the thing? They're like, let's, th- this guy can do it. They'll accept anything. Um, yeah. uh, that baby can do it, but that woman, not a chance. I don't know if you understand. She's a woman. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I thought that I opening. Think- Go for it. I was gonna say going back to like the fact I think it's a testament to Mando and like how he's able to keep his calm and use logic in a really stressful situation like that, which he's right. definitely caught off guard. You didn't anticipate it, but he was able to like negotiate that and right. stay on top of it. So Yeah, it and when when cooler. the speed when the speeder bike hits the rope, that scene where you see baby the child Yoda, that's what I've been calling him lately. Um, child Yoda. Child Yoda. When he, baby child. He kind of goes Yoda. tumbling, and then Mando's flying, hits the jetpack midair, comes down. There's a there's a blaster battle, and uh, he obviously outsmarts these guys. And uh, w- one of my takeaways from this opening scene is this is our hero who straight up kills three people two minutes into the episode. And I loved it. <laughs> One of them, in every episode, he drops from the sky. It just there's a thud, and I don't know if he picked up on it when he hits. <laughs> it cuts to uh, the child in his eye. He's just like, oh my god. Yes. <laughs> so, and then his walk back into town, like where he's got all the parts and oh, everything. Yeah. Like it's, it's just yeah. He's like I wrote rocky, that down. That's actually that's one of my favorite visuals I've seen in the series yet. Is that where he's got like. He's, he's lugging around mm-hmm. two jetpacks. He's not even wearing one, right? He's got the helmet there. He's got meat, his big sack of meat, and he's oh, just yeah. trudging he's got the baby down. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cool. Like, if I don't see guys dressed up like that for celebration in 2022, yeah. uh, then you're like completely a wuss when it comes to dressing up as a man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to be judging Mando. you based on that. Yeah, um, right? Like, the strength dude. and then like the soft sensitivity right there. Oh. <laughs> I think um, that would have made it better if he, if he came, came back it. shirtless. Now, yeah. we should know <laughs> at the top, uh, this episode was directed by Peyton Reed um, of Ant-Man uh, and Ant-Man and the Wasp fame. Um, I believe he also directed Bring It On. By the way, Troy's got the Ant-Man hat on. I don't know. if uh-huh. I think he directed Bring It On. Um, so my Bring um, It On hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a cheerocracy, uh, not a cheer tatorship. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Now, Troy, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe Peyton Reed directed any episodes the first season. I don't think he did. No, I think he's new this this season. Um, but, I mean, definitely feel his comedic sensibilities throughout it. Um, and there's a giant ant, which uh, everybody called out as being an Ant-Man uh, Easter egg, but I don't think that's the case. I think doc- <laughs> because Dr. Mandible was in for the first season, too. So I think this was just sort of like, hey, Peyton, you're directing. We're going to give you this creature. Ha, ha, ha. He's like, hey, right. He's like, oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> uh, it's like when Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard uh, directs. They're like, we got you a velociraptor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, here comes a nerdy. This is I've, I've been so excited to talk about Troy. Not talk about Troy. I've been so excited to talk about Troy. Um, this is kind of like uh, now, Troy. You, you, you're a production guy. You know, I feel like you're a little bit more well versed in this stuff than I am. Here comes a nitpick because listen, I want to be honest about the Mandalorian. I want to have uh, really good, honest conversations about this show. We uh, we're gonna obviously love it. We're gonna you know sing its praises and all that. But I am not the 
biggest fan, especially on these Tatooine scenes, of the color grading of this show. It's a little drab for my tastes, and I noticed it again in this episode. It's, I mean, that's that's a point of, and and Ryan, you probably are, are tuned into this too. Like all of the various special editions and re-releases and stuff of A New Hope that have come out, this the the sand on Tatooine is always a different color. Like they can never figure out what <laughs> yeah. color they want Tatooine to be. It's always like this bright burnt orange, or now it's totally uh, desaturated and and gray and brown um, and desolate and. Um, and, and even when, when Mando is walking into the cantina and it's a night scene, it's like, you can barely pick out little bits and pieces and details, but like that, that clay color of the, the huts and the buildings and the structures and stuff, you're right. It it feels different. It feels similar. It feels like it's supposed to be evocative of Mos Eisley. And especially when he walks up to it and you see it from a distance, it's like, Oh, that's Mos Eisley. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, but also the it's it matches the color grade of the show too. So that that's also the line that they're dancing because like uh, uh, Lucas, at least you know in the prequels, loves his bright, shiny, happy, super saturated colors, uh, and that's what he tried to put into the special editions, which a lot of people were not a big fan of. Right. Um, but when you look at this, like it's very western. It's very spaghetti western. It's very grainy. It's very gritty. They're desaturating colors. They're making things purposely feel washed out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's I mean, a little bit yeah, of a Lawrence of Arabia in there too. Yes, yeah, totally. Especially when he's right? trudging the desert trying to get right. you know to, yeah. after the speeder blows up. But well, those um, those are all good points. But I do agree, it is consistent. It's not like it's different than it was last season. It's just an yeah. overall. Um, and I do understand that Western feel, and but you really feel it on Tatooine. And I think part of it is I'm going to blame Abby for this one. Um, those prequels are on in this house a lot. And I think mm-hmm. I'm so used to seeing the bright, saturated desert sand of Tatooine in the Phantom Menace. Mm. By the way, Abby, shout out to your shirt. What are we what are we wearing tonight? Thank you. This is my tie dye Jar Jar Star Wars <laughs> shirt. Very cool. Which I'm very is he proud swimming? of. It looks like, See, like dude. He's using his tongue. Um, the, <laughs> the, the saturated as he does. Guy. As he I, does. I, the saturated. My bad. Color. My bad. <laughs> really not even bad of saturated prequel colors i actually enjoy them and i will say that i like the uh like special edition updates even like with like the extra high saturated color and like the extra scenes and kind of into that stuff i'm I'm not gonna not gonna say i don't like the prequels and their colors all right right. and and look look at the last episode when he's talking to the tuscan raiders at sunset and you see the tuscan raider huts with the purple sunset and the the two Mm. suns setting behind him like that is shot for shot Attack of the Clones. I just want you to push the sound effect button by mentioning this. Wait a minute. Uh, oh, I'm, I forgot to get. Oh, that's our for, for those who uh, for those who uh, are new. Um, anytime Attack of the Clones is mentioned, because that's Ryan's favorite movie of all time. Um, we all time <laughs> of all the times. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure everybody knows. Hey, listen. By the way, if you're in the chat, um, let us know. Uh, let us know what you want to talk about. If there's anything you picked up on, we'll uh, we'll we'll address it. If you have any questions you want us to tackle, any quiz if you want to quiz us, let us know. Um, I'll be monitoring the chat. So, um, uh, Ryan, they they make it back to uh, the cantina. Listen, I don't care. I saw some people complaining, Dan Harshman, that um uh that he wanted to see new environments and new places. And I get it. New is great, but put me in that cantina every episode. I don't care. Like it doesn't get old to me personally. 
once you got old friends now in our cantina and she's gambling with a giant ant, I, I don't know how anyone could even complain about that. And right. like, we're only in episode two. We're going to see so many more new environments. That's true. Um, right? She's this great. Amy Sedaris. The guy that you're, the guy that you're referencing is the same guy that complains that he's worried there's not going to be enough room in the new Ecto for four <laughs> proton packs. Okay. So just like, that's a, that's an opinion. You're talking about. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, he comes up with the most weirdest of shit. And so it's just, you know, I can't, I love the guy, but it's just like, if, when I'm thinking about things to start discussions on, as far as like Star Wars and Ghostbusters go, I, he's not the first person I look to. Uh, <laughs> oh my so, god. Oh, inside <laughs> baseball here on Yellow. Oh man, I'm so sorry folks cuz that is super inside it's baseball. Fine. Uh, a little bit out But there. yeah. You know, and you know, cuz I love that. I and I know that we're always going to get new environments, but like come on, it's the Boss Isley Cantina, they're mm. playing Sabak. They are you know, playing Sabak. The music this is good. It's great. What I love about the Moss Isley Cantina at night is that it's kind of like, listen, you know, when you're at the airport and there's like a Chili's and it's yes. like the middle of the day and it's kind of packed, <laughs> that's one thing. But when you're at the airport and <laughs> the Chili's is still open, like the people that are at the airport Chili's at like two in the morning, <laughs> that's yeah. the vibe I got from Moss Eisley yeah. at night. Like it's a little <laughs> yeah. bit like a little bit more run down, even more run down than, than Up normal. Up to no good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Dr. Mandibles would have had money to cover his $800 if uh, he just didn't get that last Cinnabon, you know what I mean? <laughs> last load of potato skins. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, uh, just real quick, though, Troy, I want to cut back to you, but Pelimoto becoming a fa- – like she – Last year, Amy Sedaris, she was in the one episode. We're two episodes in. Everything she says is hilarious. I need an action figure. I need a poster. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> her saying that she she wants her her uh, crate dragon meat medium rare and while <laughs> while baby Yoda child is cooking the meat or, or tending to hey, hang on. Can we talk about the meat for just one one moment? It's time uh, to yes. talk was meat. A, was meat that a talk. nod to? Like Disneyland, I think That's so. I think they, that was because they're they roasting it on, on the, the racer engine. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there, and I just wasn't sure if I was the only one that is just thinking that because I haven't got to go to Disneyland yet. So I'm just kind of like, oh, is this just yeah. me just dreaming? I missed that. I one. haven't been there either, but I heard that they have restaurants set up like for the food oh, coast roaster, the right? Burning spit. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. And also, last week I was talking about how. This week, I would like to know how they like their crate dragon prepared. So <laughs> we finding got the out medium rare. No. You, now, yeah. you got, got the answer. That's great. Troy, how yeah. do you feel about when they bring in kind of our world stuff into the Star Wars uh, world? Because you, you do notice that this happens in modern Star Wars a lot. The movies, all this stuff. Like sometimes the vernacular, some of the things they talk about. I, mean, I remember, what was it, in The Last Jedi when... Uh, uh, Laura Dern said, uh, Godspeed. And everybody was like, what? There's no God in There's Star God? Wars. Yeah. yeah. The Force. By the way, that was last week's best line. Um, do you have any strong feelings about that? I don't, I mean, I don't really, I don't really bump on it. I mean, I, I'll pick up on it. Like in Last Jedi, when he says laser sword, or like in this one, when, when she says, uh, hold your thorax or whatever it is, like she's, she, she is mentioning a scientific term that would be an earthbound, uh, ant, uh, term. Right. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, 
it's it's fine. I mean, and and there's a creature throughout the entirety of this episode that is just talking in frog language, and I think Mando <laughs> even says, "I don't speak frog," so it's just like. He goes, uh, it, he goes, look, lady, I don't speak frog. It was very Han Solo of him. Yeah. Look, lady. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Rick Cameron language. just pointed out in the chat, like, uh, your Tauntaun will freeze by the first marker, then I'll see you in hell. Like, there's the precedent for this uh, back then, right. too. Right. So, that's very true. Right. Very true. Um, yeah. You have to be able to reference things that are outside or else it gets too, like, I don't know, like Dune or something where you've got a huge glossary and it's like you got to look things up and you got to reference yeah. things that people understand. To or maybe really hell is just means something completely different in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> That's just like a, a, a well, mood. they do have like what are they called? Devil Lorians or something? Because they have like the devil dude. That's part of the he's in the canteen. Yeah, the he's part of, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's not like they're not. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't I don't know what's canon anymore. That tales from the most Eisley Cantina. I don't know. I don't think that's canon anymore. But do you want it um, to be canon? Then it's canon. I, it's it's canon in my heart. There um, it is. <laughs> it's canon enough for me. Now I'm gonna write a song called "It's Canon in My Heart." Canon in my heart. Yeah. Well, it's canon what, in my heart. All right, keep going. The the one thing that I did want to talk about uh, th- that you know s- somebody that would say like I'm tired of going to the cantina. Like it's kind of cool to see the passage of time at the cantina uh, where uh, were the the bartender that didn't want droids coming into his uh, cantina. Uh, now there's an EV droid behind the bar that's serving up the drinks voiced by Mark Hamill. Uh, and there's droids all over the place. Uh, so it's it's cool to see, like, even even the cantina and Mos Eisley can They've can progressed. Uh, They've progressed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They now serve their kind. <laughs> right. Now droids are served. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Well, it's listen, the cantina's run down. They can't be turning away anybody's money at this point. Um, so <laughs> we get this whole cantina scene, and basically, I guess we should talk about the plot of this episode. Uh, we're about a half hour in and haven't really talked about it yet. Um, so Mommy bas- issues. The, it's mommy issues <laughs> it really no, is no, no. uh so basically um he's talking mando is talking to uh uh god i keep forgetting her name moto i, I keep wanting to call her Pelimoto. it's not kelly moto it's Pelimoto. um she informs him that her her contact uh has made her aware that there is a Mandalorian covert uh, nearby in the system, um, and it's a really funny exchange. The whole thing where she says, I, "You know, I'd, I'd swear uh, I'd, I'd put my life on the line for this person." And of course, it's revealed she just met her, you know, literally minutes ago. <laughs> um, I yeah. thought that the delivery of this exposition of like it's her and she's transporting uh, what turns out to be her her eggs and it's the last of her kind and her her husband like. It all made sense, but it, it felt a little bit like if there's not going to be a big payoff down the line, it felt like a lot of information they were cramming in a, in a short amount of time. Because these episodes aren't very long. It's only like 45 minutes. Uh, Ryan, this one's actually, it's like 33, isn't it? This oh, was, was a it really shorter? short episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I thought it was good. And it like it. this <laughs> definitely is one of those self-contained Star Wars adventures. Um, and basically they had to get her with her eggs on a ship because I, I, this is how the pitch meeting went. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if like there was a woman transporting her eggs and, and uh, baby Yoda kept eating them? Like, yeah, let's make that an episode. Um, so, uh, Ryan, what'd you think of, of that discussion that, that gets her on the razor crest? Uh, I, I mean, it was kind of typical of what you would find in star Wars when you, right. when you know somebody on Tatooine that, you know, that you meet at the cantina. I mean, it's a hive of scum and villainy after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's for, like, 
probably take something out to be like, okay, you know, help this person out. And I just thought it was, yeah, it just, I don't know, the whole situation kind of just reminded me of like a 30-year-old woman at the bar trying to find one last date to get her eggs fertilized so that, you know. <laughs> yeah, she I did not even about think about that, Ryan Dole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Boy. Where it's just yeah. like, I got to get these eggs fertilized. And it's like, okay, all right, calm down. <laughs> yeah, Do you no. know how fast and, my uh, biological clock ticks with two sons? Yeah. Double time <laughs> over her, here. But like for her to like come to the back with like a jar of like pickled eggs <laughs> for a backpack, you know, I just thought it, it kind of reminded me half of like People Busters where it had like the glowing jug, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. a jar of pickled eggs. And it was just like, I was like, I, I love where this episode's going. Right. <laughs> like, yes. Cause you already know, cause you already know how Mando is with just with kids and he, you already yeah. know how he is just a little bit around women. So what happens when you got like, a woman looking to get kids and she needs to get there at a certain amount of time. Yeah. Cause he can't, he's, his heart is too good to say no. Right. Exactly. Right. So yeah. he adapts Go ahead. and take care of it. Well, he's, he's got caretaker like personality traits anyway, taking care of the child like he has. And I, yeah, yeah, I think it was like a really, honestly, I found that whole, I love the frog lady. I don't know what her species is. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to find a name on her, which is why I actually think it might be something that, who knows? I'm going to throw this out there, but the child might be fertilizing and not digesting the eggs, which I know that's kind of a strange oh. theory, but I feel like it could tie into something. Maybe he saves that race or something. Um, that's just my out there theory. But I felt like the frog lady was important, and I, I absolutely loved because it showed more of Mando's character, him becoming a warmer, gentler person. Oh, as of a course. If you think about it, child. the entire plot of this whole show is kind of based on kindergarten cop. Like he, he's a fish <laughs> out of water and he's undercover and he's now he's getting used to this kid who kind of cares about him now. <laughs> yeah, um, he's okay. Carol. It's about No, parenting. I want to go back like to you episode. saying yeah. he's helping with these eggs. Because now that you said that, there's a part before he starts like wolfing him down like donuts you know it's like he's he puts his hand against the glass and you see the eggs come towards his hand yeah yeah yes yeah right like him. yeah so there's something there and i don't think he's gonna start like pooping out eggs or something like that and he's gonna have like these half frog babies but it's yeah. just like but was that was that a misdirect though ryan do you think that that was intended for us to think like they're drawn yeah. toward him but it's actually him using the force to move them closer so he can Dude, reach knowing, into the pickle jar knowing and... star wars knowing star wars they could always go back to that right right yeah. like like in one way or another but yeah he was golfing them down like bloody jelly donuts and it was just like <laughs> the scariest creepiest thing i've ever seen and i thought this kid's gonna destroy an entire race yeah. <laughs> do y'all think do you think that the frog lady keeps it count on her eggs because oh absolutely I, feel like I would as a mother like at some point i, I feel like she'd be like hey yeah oh we lost yeah craig. Oh, um that bye craig uh, Hi, Craig. All right, yeah, well, I, Craig, it was good having you. Let's get uh, John Cena in here, and John Cena can do this. <laughs> John Cena, dude. Uh, I Randy think Abby, Orton's I think taking the, Craig out. Sorry. Isn't that isn't that what? Or, or at one point when she's 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 not translating through the zero droid, she points at the tank, and there's like numbers flashing on the screen. Mm -hmm. I, I took that to mean like she knows that there's some missing or something right there. Like if she was yeah. keeping account, maybe there's like a counter there that says like. 
20 eggs, all healthy. And then she notices that it, she's down to 18 or something like that. But that makes sense to me. And especially because at the yeah. end of the episode, when they're going to sleep, she kind of like pulls the eggs closer to her away from the child. Craig's back. I'm back. Sorry. Uh, our heat kicked on. I had to turn off the heat. I was hoping that the other person in the house would notice it, but that's fine. So um, he is off. <laughs> oh, the, I'm pretty sure the cats know. Cool. So sorry about that interruption, everybody. Um, so no, continue, continue, continue. Uh, so we were talking about the the eggs possibly being fertilized, uh, and and Abby had brought up like, does she keep a count? And I think she does. I think that she was uh, she was noticing that ones were going missing, and also that Mando was like having a parenting moment because <laughs> I don't know about uh, like having to deal with a two year old and you tell them to stop doing something and they just keep doing it over and over and over again. You can like sense Mando's frustration again. The whole episode was about parenting. It was right. kind of wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but mm-hmm. so I, I think he was embarrassed by his kid and he didn't want to fess up to like, you might have a couple eggs missing. Uh, he was trying to play it up like it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Um, I definitely, right. But, I think there's right, something. Right, like when she took her bath, like who knows what happened? Right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I I definitely think there's something uh, more to him. Uh, just I mean, obviously, there's a precedent set in the show that he eats little creatures, specifically frogs, and maybe that's the answer. That's also true. Um, yeah. Yep. But oh, yeah. you know the the music cues that hit every time he was near them, it was like, we kind of touched on it earlier. Uh, there goes the heat. It was, uh, uh, I don't know why the heat's on. It's 75 degrees outside. Um, <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, Ryan and I are here to mediate anything you, that needs to be. This is turning into marriage yeah. counseling. This is, this is a safe Brady bunch square space. Um, so, uh, no, no, no. But I, I do think, you know, if you, if, where's Alice, by the way, the music, in the show right. in general is yeah. is incredible <laughs> so there's these like little cues that happen they're very synthy i don't want to just say it sounds like stranger things because stranger things is derivative of you know john carpenter synth music but it had these very like mystical sounding uh chimes and cues every time he would kind of like peek around the corner and start eyeing those eggs and maybe it is just complete innocence like that's when you know he's hungry you're gonna hear that music so um but abby i do agree there could be something to that that's that's some good stuff um yeah either way it's fun to think about it It could mean something it could mean nothing and just be very very funny right the fact that he keeps munching on frog eggs (laughs) (laughs) like like every time he does it too mando's like what are you doing i told you get away from there like when when, no i literally yelled at the at the child like he was jonesy our cat when that happened i was like no <laughs> no, but right, he was like hot in the cookie jar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After they crash, and he like pulls back that piece of debris, and and there's like the hand in there, and yes, he's like, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yes, I love exactly. that. God, I love that. Um, but listen, we skipped over so much, so let's let's backtrack a little yeah. bit here. So they uh, part of the instructions is that he can't use. Uh, this was a really good storytelling element. You can't use hyperdrive because it'll be bad for the eggs. Like little did they know, there's something much worse for those eggs hanging out in the razor. <laughs> um, so um, 
There's this scene where the Razorcrest is kind of like cruising in a, in a no cruising zone. There was big giant space signs that said no cruising. And uh, <laughs> these two X-Wing pilots pull up. And uh, Troy, I want to know what you thought of this scene. That's what, that's what uh, all this was building towards. I, I, I loved, there was a moment where, okay, so you see Dave Filoni, who is credited as uh, Trapper Wolf, I believe. Right. So it's like which Trapper his, John, but Wolf, which is his like right. wolf pack thing. Yeah. And it's his second appearance as this character. In, in the Prisoner episode, too, he's one of the X-Wings that shows up to, to blow up that um, station. Right. Um, right. So it's, right. It's cool but he was also reluctant in. to do it. And right. he made a big thing yeah. about how he didn't want to do it. So now I'm wondering if he's getting trolled. That he has to do this every season because he put up such a fight not to do it. <laughs> well, did he not want to do it because he didn't want to take off his hat? <laughs> no, he just didn't want to Maybe do it because he didn't it. want to be on it. He just didn't want to be no, on it. It's that camera. damn cowboy hat. He's like, I yeah. yeah. well, he got to play an X Wing pilot. I mean, come on, you got to shout on. a couple of lines and you're done. Yeah. Um, you're but, a cannon. Uh, you might get an action figure. Trust me, Dave yeah, Filoni is yeah. fine with it. That's what uh, I said. But we have to talk about the, the second pilot who yes. um, I I don't know about you guys, but I squealed with glee because uh, he is a fellow Ghostbusters fan, Paul Lee. Uh, and, and Canadian. Uh, and Canadian, a, can- a Canadian comedian. And uh, I saw him and I, I was, ah, it was, it was amazing uh, because I know he's such a Star Wars fan and I bet that had to have been like the moment of his lifetime to sit in an X-Wing po- uh, uh, cockpit and put on the gear and stuff. And he's a Ghostbusters uh, fan? But- He's, yeah, he's oh, a huge yeah. Ghostbusters he's got fan gear. Too. Yeah. Like, I'm, we're not even talking like a spirit pack. We're talking like in a real pack. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> real pack. Maybe we can get him on the show next week or something. Come on. What's his name? Paul Lee. Paul Sung Hung Young Lee. Sung Hung Young Lee. Yeah. Um, I have his character's name here is uh, Skank and the Scud Pie. No, that's a different note. <laughs> that's just something that uh, 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 Pelly says. That's Pelly Moto says earlier in the episode. She goes, <laughs> Isn't that a Skank and the Scud Pie? I'm like, You are. <laughs> So funny. You're a um, no, uh, I can't find his name. But anyways, so these two uh, X-Wing pilots pull up. They're asking for his credentials. He says it's uh, pre-Empire. Uh, uh, what was there? Oh, surplus. Um, and basically what I wanted to talk about here from a storyline point of view is they identify themselves as New Republic. Um, yeah. So you got to remember the timeline here. The Empire has fallen, but they're out patrolling for loose Imperials. That's what I call them. And uh, – it kind of seems like this is kind of the beginning of, you know, pre-rebellion. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Pre-resistance, post-rebellion. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing, all the politics in Star Wars. But basically, they're out on patrol is, is what we're, is what happened. Yeah, it, it sort of ties into, I think, um, Aftermath. Again, coming back to the book, like they really owe a lot to uh, uh, Chuck Wendig and, and his book there because so it ties into that. It ties into squadrons, which I know you're playing, right, Ryan, uh, where you're seeing yep. the remnants of the Empire having to be cleaned up and you have people defecting to the Rebellion and they're trying to form a new Republic. And so I, I think timeline-wise, it, it lines up uh, pretty well. The, the one thing that was a surprise here is everybody calling the um, Razor Crest a piece of junk, like an, an, an antique piece of junk. Um, and it started, I was like, wow, I never really looked at it that way. I know that it's it's like a kludge together uh, ship that's made out of all sorts of crazy spare parts and things like that. But, right. uh, but remember, the but, Millennium Falcon is the biggest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Uh, and we all worship the ground it hovers over. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was cool. It was like, you know, when, when Mando takes off and, and they're not buying his story, uh, and 
I, I think it's actually Dave Filoni's character who's like, he's going to run in that thing. Like there's <laughs> sort of, it, it gives the, the razor crest a little bit of character and a little bit of personality um, that I, I think was, was really needed. We didn't really get that sense of, it was just kind of the slave one. It was another right. slave one in yep. season, season one. And now it's kind of like, it's got quirks and we know that the Mando cares for it. And we know that it's an antique and maybe there's some sort of, of um, like an emotional connection to it. Yeah. Um, so that, that was all cool. And then, then there's the chase through the Canyon, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, which is awesome. Right. Uh, real quick, Carson Tiva is his name, uh, the uh, X-Men pilot. And uh, so maybe we'll get him. Um, it, it's fun in Star Wars to have these one-off, uh, uh, you know, uh, X-Wing pilots because, uh, I don't know, it's just fun. It's always been fun. They've always been well-loved characters, they, except for the ones in Force, except for Porkins. Do we care? I don't know if I care. Anyways. No, no, we absolutely care about Porkins. Yes. Okay, moving Porkins. on. Porkins. Yeah, absolutely. matters. Grunberg. He's got top but we, Can we talk top about how no, that's people Porkins. talk to... When people are trying to sneak by in Star Wars, have you ever noticed how they always kind of do a, yeah, uh, so yeah, I'll just get that switch for you. I'll just, uh, I'll just flick that. Oh, look at that. Doesn't work. Doesn't Uh, seem to be working. Okay. Well, I'm out of here, right? I wanted to hear the Dan Aykroyd voice coming. Ah, I'll tell you what, we picked up this hunk of junk downtown and the whole damn thing doesn't even work. I'll tell you what. Um, (laughs) That's what I want. I actually want Dan Aykroyd as an X-Wing pilot. Um, So, um, yeah, basically, Troy, you just referenced it. We've got this chase that happens and all of a sudden it just, it's like, oh, this is Star Wars. (laughs) Star Wars is on. Um, Abby, what what were your impressions of this, uh, the Razor Crest trying to elude these two X-Wing pilots? Well, I was like on edge because getting pulled over by cops is very stressful um, (laughs) and triggering for me. So I was like very much like, oh my God, how is he going to get out of this situation? Like you think he's fine, but then they're like, oh, we're going to need you to do that ping thing real quick. And he can't. So it's very tense. Um, But then the landing on that ice planet and just the way that all of that unfolds, the way that the frog lady's like falling and trying to hold on to stuff inside the ship. It's hilarious and uh, like very much on edge. I I thought that was like Craig, you just said, it's like the most star Wars of star Wars things to see a chase like that through narrow canyons and all of that. Yeah. Uh, That whole sequence was incredible. Uh, Ryan. Uh, It's awesome. Anytime you got X wings going into attack position, then you know things are not going to go well. Like they said, they even said like openly, yeah, I changed channel two, you know, and then they, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they go into and, attack yeah, position. The, the, like <laughs> the S foils going into attack position is kind of like the siren for, for Abby's uh, analogy here. It's like, uh Oh, yes. I'm getting pulled over. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's totally it. So it was like, yeah. you, 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 <laughs> and just like Abby said too, you can feel that of like, Oh God, this is not going to go well. And then of course, and in typical Star Wars fashion, too, it's like you're already in a bad position because you crashed your ship, and then it gets worse because it falls through a hole. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's just, right, right. It's like a dying Star Wars fashion. Back. Yes. Yeah, it, it was yeah, only right. Like it was <laughs> only it was missing two very Star Wars tropes there, which is when they landed. Usually, you would get somebody saying a line like, "Well, it can't get any worse than this," and then it gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Uh, the old. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Although we did, by the way, Mando telling the X-Wing pilots, may the force be with you was so (laughs) funny. Cause you know, he's just like, that's literally like if I got pulled over and I was just like back the blue guys, God bless. Yeah. Love you. (laughs) Dude, that's like me going to church being like, yeah, peace be with you. (laughs) 
Yeah. Be with you? Keep none you in us, my prayers. None, <laughs> none, yeah. none of us know what it would be like. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, they crashed the, the race. This, I, I went back and watched this sequence again. It was really cool. The, at some point, the Razor Crest, Crest, <laughs> Razor Crest, Razor Crest does this like spin move and then like a backwards maneuver to, to evade the, uh, the X Wings. It, it was really well done. I, I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, and then and like Ryan crash. pointed out, mm-hmm. it crashes and then falls through a hole, and then uh, it it's in a, a state of disrepair, and that kind of takes us to where shit really starts hitting the fan in this episode. But before we go into that, um, I want to go to the chat real quick. I want to read a couple comments to see what we got going on. Um, let's see here. Uh, Ackroyd is a bartender serving Crystal Skull vodka. I would take that in the cantina. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody would be listening to his sales pitch. Um, everybody's making crystal head jokes. Frog Woman has an open container on board. Big jar of pie. Uh, oh, that's a Dragon Con reference. Um, uh, was truly waiting for a wampa <laughs> in the ice cave. What you think it is. Um, yeah, so this is not Hoth. None of the planets or moons or anything they mentioned in this episode registered with me. Troy, we're going to lean on you as our story expert. What was the planet that they're trying to get through? Trass? Is that what they called it? I uh, think so. Yeah. yeah. None of it really um, rang, rang a bell with me. But, uh, but I, I want to actually, I want to, can, can I ping pong this over to Mr. Dole? Because there are, uh, there's ties to Hoth on this planet. So, so when we started seeing certain things, like maybe you had the same thought that I did. Uh, in terms of the the Ralph McQuarrie art. Oh yeah, but it, here's what's funny is that when they uh, when I started thinking about the Ralph McQuarrie art, I was actually thinking of like prequel art for some reason. Like I knew I saw it in a art of book from Star Wars, and for some reason in my head, the first thing I thought of was Episode Three because they do like in the art book they have a lot of stuff that's not in the movie where a lot of like clones are like getting like dismet like dismembered by like giant creatures and stuff so i was kind of like man this looks like that and i couldn't quite place it and i actually had to like message hal and be like what book is this in because <laughs> and he too. knew like right off yeah and he knew right off the bat he's like it's this one right right, right. and then <laughs> you know like and but you're right like that's where it starts to get like hoth because yeah you're the moment he said it too like everything started to like all those puzzle pieces started to fit together of like yeah, this is now getting very Ralph McQuarrie very quickly. Right. Well, let's get into it. So the the uh, the ship is uh, it needs repairs. Basically, they're going to get some rest. Uh, and uh, we frog lady does not want to rest. Frog lady does not want to rest. She's a little She's cold. Like, She's a little cold. Right. Well, yeah. she kind of <laughs> she she does the old. Uh, I th- well, she basically hacks that droid from season one. To use it for, uh, for morning announcements. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yep. laughs> he wakes up and it's just like, and he's like, what are you doing? That droid's a killer. She's like, shut up. I'm talking to you. And then she's like, <laughs> basically what she says is, well, I thought Mandalorian people like had to like keep their word and like were people of honor. I guess I was wrong. You piece of shit. And he's like, God, that he, he's like, I didn't sign up for this. Um, the deal keeps getting worse all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Actually, then we- I have to give Mando props. Uh, yeah. Cause when they first crash, he's even like, I'm going to go get you some blankets. It's about to get real cold. Right. Like he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. he's like, it's even when he's I'll like annoyed. Right. Yeah. He's still, mm-hmm. yeah. He's still a dad. Like it's just like, no matter how annoyed he is with the situation, <laughs> like right. man, he's just so cool. Right. He's very accommodating. 
Um, so they're going to take a nap. We covered uh, the the whole storyline of uh, the child eating the eggs. <clears throat> excuse me, over and over. So um, they kind of wake up the next day, a couple hours later, something. I don't know. She's gone, right? And Mando's out fixing things. And yeah, he's then out working on the Baby ship. Yoda's yeah. like, right. hey. He tells on her. He's yeah. like, uh, hey, Dad, there's a hot springs here. Do you know that? Do you know, who, <laughs> do you know who's in it? Okay, Family well, camping trips flashbacks. Guess there. Like, hey, there's a hot, hot springs, springs here. Um, so they kind of trace her tracks through this cave. She's in this. This is this scene is incredible. She's in the hot yeah. spring, seemingly like she's taken some of her clothes off. Uh, all of her eggs are floating with her. It looks very cozy. And then the child's like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat those eggs." <laughs> like you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, you make me a soup. Yeah, right. Well, when oh. she's in the bath thing there, I was like, oh, we're going to have a Howard the Duck moment, aren't we? We're going to see some frog titties. Oh, here we go. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Now, I thought it was serene and picturesque and beautiful, and I loved when we went inside the snow cave and saw it. So that my feeling was like, oh, the music and the, the magic of this yeah. enchanting. Yeah. She's when having a calm down. From, yeah, it go, <laughs> goes from a calm down and enchanting to literal, like, alien Ridley Scott terror well, let's get into it so um there's all these little what turns out to be eggs and guess who had to go eat one <laughs> like, <laughs> this, uh, i love how popular or was he fertilizing it uh, we don't know but between yeah. the jawas we'll find out between the mudhorn egg and then the the literal the woman the eggs from her womb and then the spider eggs <laughs> Somebody's got an egg fetish, and I think it's Dave Filoni. I think he's writing these episodes with John Favreau. He's like, it'd be pretty cool if we put some eggs in there, <laughs> and maybe some characters from I don't know, like the Clone Wars, but mostly eggs. Um, like we're gonna see Ahsoka Tana for the first time. She's gonna be eating a big old plate of eggs. It's gonna be like, yeah. what's going on on the show? Um, so, uh, but yeah the child goes and eats one of these things and it, it seems innocent for about 10 seconds. And then literally the, it turns into like maybe the nine most terrifying minutes of star Wars ever, maybe shorter than that. I don't know. Troy, what would you think here? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a total tonal shift because the entire episode is super comedic up until right. that point. And then you start seeing the Ridley Scott eggs in the background. And you're like, Oh shit, it's going to go down here. Right. And, uh, and as soon as he's walking up, it's, it is, it's like Kane and alien walking through the egg field. Uh, so it, it's, it's definitely trying to play with your nostalgic emotions for certain films. Um, and then when those spiders show up, when they start hatching and it's just, it's, terrifying and disgusting and they do a great job even though there's you know these uh massive uh you know it could be like a crowd of zombies and it kind of gets tough to make them scary they really do a good job of, of making them scary but i was trying to figure out and ryan ryan and i cheated and we were texting with each other trying to figure out where we've seen these spiders before because i was convinced they were in a rebels episode when they go to yavin 4 and there's like spiders uh out in the, the forest at night and they have to put up these beacons right. that they're like keep similar, the spiders right? away it, yeah and so yeah, they're but obviously close. not a nice planet yeah right. um and then you that's that's what i you had pointed out the ralph mccrory art of you know these these creatures that could have been on hoth uh and you know the caves even the same thing with the you know the stalactites and and everything in the ice caves looks very similar but yeah it was it was awesome and you get to see mando 
again on the run. You get to see him using all of the tools at his disposal the whole time. I'm yelling, use the flamethrower, use the flamethrower. Like, why aren't you using a flamethrower? Uh, <laughs> so, it, but when it does, it turns into nightmare territory because is there, like, most people don't like spiders. Like, I think it's a common fear, a fear of spiders. And these are like, at first they're, they're tiny, right? And to me, like a thousand tiny spiders is scarier than one big spider, but we got yeah. all sorts of sizes. And that's um, the thing. All the shapes and sizes of it made it more realistic. All the variations, like, and seeing them flood down, like, it, it yeah. was. It, it's yeah. almost like, like it was wild boy. when you had like a bunch of small ones, and then all of a sudden, like, he turns a corner, there's like this medium sized one, and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's getting that bigger. Makes, <laughs> your brain's like, oh, this is real. Like, now, instead of just yeah, seeing a yeah. bunch of the same. Now, and, and then there's it. like the big, yeah, basically, boss uh, spider. Uh, and, and there's a lot of stuff in Mandalorian that does feel like a video game, let's face it. Um, what. Star Wars is always, there's always creatures, right? But I feel like this leans into like the creature horror, like even more than we've seen in the past. Like mm -hmm. they're shooting webs. It's kind of gross at times. Uh, I, I was, I found it very effective because my skin was crawling and that's not normally something that happens. Like, eyes. like I think to the, the wrath, uh, the wrath tar, scene in the force awakens which is fun and scary and big monster and gross and stuff but it's it's not like yeah. this you know um well, so and and yep, Craig, I, I mean, agree particularly like when when you when they get to the razor crest and all the spiders have already stopped they've spun their web and they've turned ship into a house um like that's that's when it really got super creepy because they could be in any of the shadows, they could be anywhere, and you're just yelling like, "Go to some place with a door, go someplace and close yourself in." Um, I refer to uh, it in my notes yeah. as Spider Gate. <laughs> spider Gate. <laughs> uh, I said no politics at the beginning of the episode, and I'm sticking to it. Um, so yeah, th this was great though. It was really it's a fun scene seeing Mando taking them all of them down with the blaster, and then they once they get into the Razor Crest, you think it's gonna be fine, but then they're like invading the Razor Crest, but then he does get yeah. the flamethrower out. What Abby? What were we saying? The moment where you see one of the spiders on baby Yoda's head, you're just like, <laughs> No, not my baby. Mm -hmm. No, it's He's not like, okay because he can't do anything about it. And that's the other thing. Like usually <laughs> baby Yoda is able to force something and make something happen, but he was yeah. unable to like save the day, so it made it more and, dire. Yeah, Abby, there was another moment like that too, where when the big you know mama spider's on the cockpit and it's like got its talons or whatever, and it's piercing through. And I I didn't give a damn about any of those eggs when Baby Yoda was eating them, but as soon as one of it the 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 talons looked like it pierced through her tank, I was like, oh no, right. her eggs. Again, I was like mm -hmm. laughing when they were dying earlier, but now I was actually concerned about them. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. no, it's it's um it's what I love about this episode and what I love about Mandalorian the character is that he kind of embodies a little bit of uh do we lose Troy? He's, he <laughs> oh, there he is. He's back. Oh, He's yeah. coming back slowly. Come on. Warm <laughs> him back up. You froze for a second on it. Really funny. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so cold. That's fine. In this um, the Mandalorian character really kind of embodies a combination of, of some different characters. There's some, obviously, Boba Fett, right? There's some Han Solo. There's some, you know, even like the heroism of like Luke Skywalker. Like you get, I think that's why 
he's like a universally loved character because he he in like in this moment in this scene he he feels like Han Solo. He's like saving the day reluctantly, and he's begrudging, pissed off, and grossed out at the same time. Um, so yeah, it was just it was really cool. And then obviously our our X wings show up uh, to kind of save the day, uh, or at least help, and uh, they kind of have this exposition kind of conversation going back to that episode, the prisoner episode from last year, right? Where they say, Hey, there's some warrants out for your arrest, but these are unprecedented times. <laughs> like <laughs> basically is what they said. Due to COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Due to COVID protocols. We're not bringing you in. We um, hope this blaster fire finds you well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but on. he tries to bargain with them and he's like, help me rebuild. They're like, no, stop it. No, you can do that yourself. <laughs> We're just not gonna. Yeah, we're just gonna let you go. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't bring our like hoth jackets with us, so we're just gonna go. <laughs> all right, <laughs> we just don't arrest you because we don't want to go outside. Cool. Right. Right. Yeah. We don't um, like spiders. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if you saw those things. They are disgusting. So, but then the episode kind of wraps up. Like we don't. We we just we don't know if that their adventure continues into the next episode or if it is a standalone right we we you would think we would see her again and maybe that story gets some resolution but we don't know and they're doing a really good job of not teasing you know anything right we don't know what the next episode is going to look like we don't know what's going to be called so um so yeah that 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 was kind of it so before we move into our other categories let's do some final thoughts overall on uh on the episode uh ryan i'll, I'll go to you first uh, this episode is weird as shit, uh, but <laughs> it all weird. fits in Star Wars, uh, and it was so much fun to watch because yeah, it was weird, but it it was fun. What a it man! This show rules. Okay, well, we live in a time where every Friday we get a little Star Wars movie for ten weeks. It's awesome. Yeah. What's better than uh, that? Uh, nothing. Troy, Troy, any uh, high level uh, overview thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with Ryan. It was weird. It was funny. It was scary. It 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 shifted genres so many times and it worked so well um, that I, I, I loved it. But like my indicator is always when I don't want something to end. And as soon as they took off on the razor crest and I could sense that the credits were coming, I was like, no, 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 hold on. This needs to be like another 20 minutes long. Like there's <laughs> yes, more to yes. tell I want to meet her husband. I want to know what this guy's mm-hmm. all about. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to see her husband too. We're going to find out her husband's Han Solo. <laughs> Look, I just takes the jug and run so he can go like (laughs) Look, she's got a lot of eggs, kid. Um (laughs) Abigail. Yes. I uh I agree and echo everything that y'all have said, honestly. Um I think starting the episode, my thought was, oh, this is gonna be the cutest episode ever. Um, because the frog lady is kind of like a caretaker and you feel like Oh, it's just going to be a lot of cute little creature moments, but then you get terrifying creatures like scaring the shit out of you, which is my absolute favorite like change in tone. Um, so I really loved this episode, and yeah. I think that we're going to see the frog lady. I think we're going to see her story, like her story, finished, yeah, I, wrapped up. I, yeah. I'll be honest, I, I kind of don't care if we don't. Like, I thought she was fine, and it was fun, but like, I saw one article today as I did my research, which uh, I do. Uh, surprisingly to myself, mostly I'm the only one surprised when I'm doing it. Um, somebody was saying that they, they thought like they were trying to like capture, recapture the magic of baby Yoda with this new character. I was like, I don't, 
get that at all. I just think it was nah. a nope. No, I didn't. I didn't get that nope. at all. So nope. She um, was cool though when she's. I have to say this because I kind of forgot about it until you guys kind of just brought it up. When she's kind of like when she's running and she's on two legs. And then she's like, screw this, and starts like leaping <laughs> right, right. on all fours. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever Logging seen. around. Yeah. I've yeah. been calling yep. her Yoshi all day, by the way. I'm just putting that out there. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, lovely. how she uses her tongue to get her clothes when she's yeah. in the hot spring. That's very <laughs> right. Yoshi. That's yeah. like uh, you know, Jar Jar. Right. Youngin. Yeah. I want to yeah. see Jar Jar. Maybe Jar Jar's the dad. I want to see. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, Misa think maybe. <laughs> also, Misa think. How funny. How insane would that be? If that's the twist, like, <laughs> this is your husband. He just grabs it and he's like spinning around on like one leg. Whoa! 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 He's in the Laka Mandos. Dude, me. Making Jar Jar like a good father is a great art for him. I it like would be. that. It would be. Yeah. Yep. Misa yeah. play catch with Big my daddy. Um, hey, listen, <laughs> if, listen. You don't want to see Baby Yoda eating eggs, getting in trouble from Yar Jar. Yar I almost called him Yar Yar. <laughs> yar Yar. Yar Yar Binks. Um, all right, yar yar. Let's go to the next segment. We're almost. We're, we're going to try to wind this down. We're already in an hour here. Uh, here we go. It is our <laughs> moment of the week, our baby Yoda moment of the week. Uh, wait, let me do my chime again. Thank you for joining the baby Yoda. No chapa, no chapa, no baba. By the way, I've been drinking out of this uh, C3PO tiki mug. Just putting that out there. I got a Java. Oh, are we all? all right, it's not a competition. What do you got, Ryan? I think it is. I got. I have spotchka. Ooh, spotchka. Yeah, shut up, Troy's drunk. <laughs> like, Give me more Mandalorian. <laughs> um, we'll, Troy, have three more drinks, and then we're going to be like, what do you really think about the Ghostbusters community? Okay. Um, so, uh, by the way, we should plug Troy is the co host of the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip, the only Ghostbusters dedicated podcast in the world, I think. Um, I don't it think, has to be. Yeah, there's a couple. No. There's German and UK ones. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. That's those seem far away. That's a bold claim. I don't think I can. <laughs> so I can't, the best can't Ghostbusters that. podcast in the world. <laughs> and uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, Troy's new book is available, The Wakanda Files. You can get it on Amazon. That thing is sold out everywhere. Uh, but if you are a fan of the MCU uh, and you are a fan of the Black Panther universe, check out The Wakanda Files. And uh, yeah, so let's move on here. Baby Yoda moment of the week. Let me do it again. Hold on. Abigail, you're up. Baby. My, we're, I have to decide one. I literally have like seven that I We went over through. the segments. I just, uh, you got to pick one. You got to pick one. You created the segments. Yeah, this was all, all right, your idea. My favorites. Are as follows because I can't just choose one. When Baby Yoda was looking at the eggs through the glass, yes. uh, that was one of my favorite moments. Yes. Uh, when Baby Yoda eats his second egg and you then you're stealing all crack. the moments, you're gonna steal everybody's moments. All right, my actual favorite one is when the giant spider lands on top of the Razor Crest and looks at Baby Yoda, and Baby Yoda has the huge eyes and it's terrifying, yeah, and cute. And I will steal everyone else's moments, Ryan, <laughs> Baby the Child Yoda, um, moment of the week. I have none. He's a little monster. 
He's a murderer. And that's it. He's a murderer. <laughs> that kid gave me so much anxiety and I felt so bad for Frog Lady. Yeah. That uh, he's yeah, honestly he can- a big the biggest threat to women's rights is Baby Yoda at this point. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. This all the rules that you gave us before the show started, you yeah. have broken them all. I just I'm want the to host. point that. I can out. do whatever I want. I will okay, turn this fair. podcast right. around. Uh, I better check my privilege then. All right, Troy, up to you. <laughs> Thanks for the Star Tours chime on that one again. I uh, love Star Tours. I love it. Um, no, I, I'll defend Abby because there were so many in this episode. It's kind of tough to uh, to choose one. But I, I, as a parent, and and the whole episode being about parenting, uh, the moment after he defeats all the bounty hunters, or no, I'm sorry, it's before he defeats that Tito, and 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 Baby Yoda gets down on the ground and he starts running toward Mando with his arms outstretched, like pick me up. So cute. Uh, that that one hit me in the heart right there because that's you know uh, it's cute. <laughs> it, it, I don't want to pick him up. It's heartwarming, and I... then you remember he's fifty. <laughs> yes, yeah, that makes but he acts like he's three. So I physically stepped up and went to the shelf and picked up that baby Yoda to hold at that moment. I was like, I'm holding this the rest um, of the episode. Yeah, my, that is a good moment. Okay, yeah, I'll give my favorite baby Yoda moment of the week. Ryan, you should have never sent me this chime. Was uh, him tending to the meat? <laughs> Because when you're a kid and your parents oh. are cooking, you want like a little responsibility. So they hand you the little fork thing and they're like, stand by this meat. And you're like, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I cook with my parents. So. Well, they lets me cook. <laughs> my daddy lets me cook. Um, I right, was cool. too much in the way. So no cooking for me. Um, all right. So we are now going to move on to the next segment. Let's get a little music as we roll through here. Who was our MVP of the episode? Troy Benjamin, you are up first. The MVP of this uh, The hot tub. Uh, the hot tub really pulled things together. I give the hot tub MVP of this episode. Most valuable hot tub. <laughs> hot tub. Ron, I'm here with tub. my eggs in the hot tub. Um, I, actually, I actually gave uh, the MVP to our main character, Din. Uh, you know, him having to fix the ship, get it off there, get it you know, he had to get away from the X-Wing pilots. He was being, you know, a good, you know, a host to a Frog Lady. He was trying to do his best to protect the eggs. He was trying to be a good dad. Uh, I'm giving him uh, MVP uh, for this week. All right. Abigail Gardner, what are you holding? A blaster. That's a blaster. Wait Bad a minute. Days. What Come movie on, is dude. that from? Uh, Tag Clones. And back to the music. <laughs> You're so bad. All right. I'm giving up. And my MVP is going to Dave Filoni for saving the day. Uh, for showing up, for being a, doing a little cameo for action. saving and, Star Wars. Yeah, for saving Star Wars <laughs> and for saving the episode, um, the plot line there. Uh, but honestly, I, I kind of agree with you, Ryan. I think Mando was kicking so much ass, like killing spiders and being like a good father. So I, I have to say that he's probably the the, the actual MVP. By the way, I've been trying. I've been begging Mark Hamill all week to come on the pod. Hey, he hasn't gotten Crazy. back to me yet, but we're we're gonna get him. Keep he's trying. Like, <laughs> Nobody's from nowhere. Uh, <laughs> That's a little Joker. <laughs> yeah, it's more Joker. Yeah, than that it was. Yeah, maybe you hear your impression. All right, Mando. Uh, my MVP <laughs> of the week, besides Mark Hamill, because God love the man. Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Mandalorian. I thought this was definitely his episode. Um, 
Although it could be Frog Lady's husband. We just don't know yet. We don't know. That's episode season. three. Well, let's, let's see what happens. Um, cool. When we when he rolls chapter eleven. He did his work earlier. When he files for chapter eleven. <laughs> yeah, well, let's see what happens. Um, Abigail, let's talk some creatures here. What what do you got for the rundown? Hold on. It's the Yes Have Some Midnight Mando Creature Count presented by Abigail Gardner. Creature Count. Hey. We got a frog lady who I don't know what her species was. Uh, then there's small snow spiders, big snow spiders, medium snow spiders, and gigantic snow spiders. Uh, that's it. There's just a whole bunch of different variation, varying size of spiders. I don't have anything else besides that for my Creature Countdown. Yeah. And everybody um, in the cantina. And Dr. Mandible. Oh, Dr. Mandible. Dr. I think I think Muftak is in there, maybe. Troy. So you see the furry you see a furry guy. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh yeah, he's the guy from Rogue One. He's in the right. cantina. Yeah. Yeah. Like you see yeah. the furry I don't know. I don't know if it's him because it's well, you just see over his shoulder, but yeah. Well, he can't be him because he died on Jetta. Oh. So I mean it has to be the same. All right. Um, do we have any predictions for next week? I know last week we really didn't come up with any, and I doubt anybody would have predicted this week's episode. I, it would have been funny. Go, let's go back to last week. Uh, who remember? Let's pretend this is my prediction from last week. Uh, yeah, after uh, tonight's episode, you know, we saw the big reveal of Boba Fett. I'm thinking Baby Yoda eating some woman's eggs. That's probably <laughs> what next week's episode is going to be about. Um, so, um, but any any other uh, predictions? It's like I said last weekend. This has got to be the hardest segment because I, I got a feeling, and this Dave Filoni does this a lot too with the Clone Wars, where it's like he'll do kind of like a reveal, like the Boba Fett thing, right? And then we kind of go on like a side mission, yeah. and those side missions are always kind of important because they build the characters. So you kind of see the growth of what Mando's doing, and then we kind of go back, but we're not quite sure when we're going to go back because we could be progressing into another story. And then come back to what happened on Tatooine, like maybe at the end of the season, or maybe not even till season three. Right. Um, yeah. We're going to do our Q and A segment after uh, after this next part. So if you have any questions, let us know in the chat. Uh, Troy, any predictions? Uh, I think um, that in the next episode, we're going to learn that Frog Lady's husband is either ex Imperial or still Imperial, because they've really made a big deal about. Uh, the X-Wings wanting to clean up the Imperial Remnant, and there was a shot that they had on Frog Lady, and she kind of shifted in her seat. So I, I have this bad feeling that they're they're <laughs> leading Baby Yoda into a trap. <laughs> Who's your oh, husband? Ribbit. Ribbit, ribbit. Oh, Ribbit. Oh, Ribbit. Oh, Ribbit. <laughs> Land Loft Larkin. Because <laughs> he would not be alive. Grand Moff Frog. I don't know. Um, and Abigail. I, I really second your opinion, Troy. I think that similar to the way the Tuscan Raiders take apart the crate dragon, I don't think anything is wasted in these episodes. I feel like everything that you see has will be wrapped up and will, will become significant. So I think that, like we're speculating, Frog Lady's husband will be a key character. I think that her race and how she uh, fertilizes those eggs is going to be some, somehow important. Um, so I think that that's going to be something that we see in the if next If this episode. season ends with Baby Yoda giving birth to like 10 new frog ladies. That's what I'm saying. Like imagine a fight scene. They don't have any backup. Suddenly Baby Yoda's just 
squirting out spiders, frogs, and just there's like a whole army. And oh, Amy Sedaris God. is there with a catcher's glove, just like, give me. Yes, 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 yes. Give me this one. We get it. Oh, boy. Oh, he's splitting. Oh, oh that man. one went over my head. <laughs> um, so, I don't have any predictions other than I, I – I, I have a feeling there's going to be some really great surprises uh, in, in this season. I think, you know, there's risk associated with the first season because I'm sure they held their breath about Baby Yoda. They, You never know how a fan base is actually going to react. It could have been a collective groan, uh, but it was more like a collective moan. A Ooh. pleasure moan for... Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. We're going to move no. on. Uh, so um, let's go to some q and Because we want babies. That's because what it is. we want babies. Um, it's like Muppet Babies. cosplay, <laughs> do you think egg. we'll be seeing the ghost uh, show up Uh since oh. there's rumors of some, I'm not going to even say it because it spoils, but maybe rumors of some Rebels ties. Uh, so do we think Ghost, now that is their ship in Rebels. I do know that. Oh. Uh, Ryan, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I kind of, uh, uh, okay. So they're going <laughs> to do a last season of Rebels, right? So I kind of just want them to kind of leave the Rebels for that. And, as cool as it would be to have like wait they're doing another season you know, of rebels yeah they did announce that they're going to do that one last season uh so it is coming so i kind of want them to kind of hold off for that but at the same time this doing that could uh, bringing the audience from this show could bring them over to rebels as well so uh i don't know i'm, mm -hmm. I'm down for it either way like i'm right. cool with it but i don't, I don't have necessary. any opinion on this so troy do you I don't. I mean, I. I don't know that we'll see the ghost. I do feel like there will at least be a mention of General Sindula because she's been in everything. She's in squadrons. She's in Alphabet Squadron. Mm -hmm. Like, she's she's playing such a crucial role in the expanded universe right now. Hey, Jonesy, or uh, which is that Jones? Which one is that? Yeah, it's Jones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the 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 look Child. I just gave because I was ninety five percent sure he was on my feet. And uh, he's not. <laughs> I look down and it's a spider. Nothing. Yeah, it's a giant spider. That's your, um, that's your porch cat. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, another question. What Black Series figure would we want from uh, this episode? Um, now, uh, I don't know how opinionated everybody here is about toys, but I want a Pelimoto figure at this point. Mm -hmm. I think I give me that Amy Sedaris action figure is what I want. Um, I also thought this is in Black Series, but uh, being as that I did back the Razor Crest for HasLab, I do want a giant spider to put on top of it. Uh, <laughs> nice. By the way, anytime the Razor Crest, like, I think through transference of knowing that I spent all this money on this damn ship, when it crashes, I get very stressed out. Like, oh no, my <laughs> ship. That's my ship. Um, so, uh, another question. Uh, oh, anyways, I hey, should whoa, let whoa, you whoa. answer. No, no, I should no. let you guys answer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, how dare you? Uh, I don't dare. I also want. I, I also want a Pelimoto, but I want her to be a deluxe figure that comes with a pit droid. Yes. Three pit yeah. droids. Uh, mm -hmm. Three pit droids. Or just even, I'll even just take one, just as long as she, because we don't have uh, Black Series pit droids, so it would be a great excuse and time to bring those into play. I'm going to regret what and, I'm about to say. I'm going to regret what I'm about to say. Do you think Pelimoto keeps those uh, pit droids in her top drawer? 
Damn it. Okay. All right, Craig. You're, <laughs> you're, 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 <laughs> how many did you have to drink tonight? <laughs> Mando. Welcome to Mando. No politics. No Mando weird. <laughs> yeah. Her pit droids are right with her soft goods, Craig. Okay. That's where she keeps yeah. it. All right. Hey, listen. Uh, Abigail. Yo. Yes. What figure do I want? I want the frog lady because I'd love to have a little, like, uh, the oh, yeah. thing her eggs in. That thing's so tight. It would be tank. neat to have. Her yeah, tank. tank. Her people buster her tank. Her egg and tank. Spiders. I like to have a ton of spiders. Um, last question. Who do we think WWE Sasha Banks will appear as this season? Now, uh, uh, Sasha Banks, we did see her in one of the teaser trailers very quickly. Uh, she is a professional wrestler. She is not traditionally an actress of any kind. I don't believe that she's done any acting. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, there's been some rumors about who she might be playing. I don't want to guess because I feel like they're educated guesses and I don't want to spoil anything. Um, Mm -hmm. so maybe I shouldn't have even read the question. Uh, but, uh, anyways, I've heard that she might be someone who likes to spray paint. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll... I heard that she might be someone that's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, 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 she yeah, might yeah. be kind of cute. Uh, no, she's great, though. Oh. <laughs> so, anyway. I'm with Abby on this one, too. Right, moving on. I think she's uh, going to play someone who's really attractive and wears a hood <laughs> and likes to hide behind, like, cases of things uh, <laughs> in the rain. Guess, that's that's, <laughs> right. that's what I think. Well, you picked up a lot on that. Really uh, good. good guess. Um, by the way, I have I guess, that one. It, it's screen capped. Oh so God. yeah. Um, uh, well, if, listen, we're going to go on for another five minutes or so, folks. So if you have any more questions, let us know. Sasha Banksy, very funny blue chainsaw man. Um, so I did want to bring this up because Variety and Deadline reported on it this week. Uh, apparently, they are beginning production on a new Boba Fett spinoff tomorrow. Like literally tomorrow. It was an yeah. Hi, this is Jacob, and I think this sucks. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, Jake here. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> listen. You would think we know that there was a Boba Fett movie planned, the Josh Trank movie that never happened. We know that the Boba Fett is obviously somewhat involved. I personally think uh, a little mini series that kind of recaps where he's been for the last five years might be kind of cool. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on this or, or, or not? Uh, it, well, it depends on the timeline for me anyways. Like, could we see Boba Fett show up in Obi-Wan? Because there's a, again, everyone hangs out on Tatooine, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it is the, maybe the, it's like the New York. Watering hole. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. the math on that's tough. I don't know how they would have crossed paths on Tatooine. Well, Jabba the Hutt yeah. is like right over there, right? And you got Mos oh, I got the true that's right young Boba there. Fett. Yeah, yeah, and not not uh, you know Grizzly Tamara Morrison from the last episode, Boba right? Fett. Because yeah. right. because Obi Wan's uh, dead. Yeah, at that point, um, dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I listen. I'm all about Star Wars. TV series right now. It seems to, it seems to be a great way to deliver this product, where you don't have to have the pressure of waiting three years for this movie, and then it's just like, will it be good? Will it not be good? Like, I don't know. I feel like the Mandalorian is a, the template of that. Is really it's really working for me. So, uh, Troy, do you well, have so the series was based off of little serials or something, so right. it kind of fits the format. Right. Right. Yeah. And it puts less pressure on, you know, like a solo origins movie 
where you have to cram all this stuff into 90 minutes. Um, you know, if, if you're going to do a miniseries on Obi-Wan or on Boba Fett and it's like 10 episodes and that's it, you're done. Uh, you can spend 10 hours worth of storytelling and you can get all of these things in there that everybody thought was a little ham fisted in, in Ron Howard's solo. Um, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I mean, I'm with Ryan, like the more Star Wars, the merrier. And you know, if, if Solo wasn't your cup of tea, you loved Rogue One. And if you didn't love Rogue One, maybe you like Force Awakens. And right. if you didn't like Force Awakens, maybe you like Mandalorian. Like now we kind of were in the Marvel sort of stratosphere where it's like, these are all tied together, but you may like this one because it's a heist. And you may like this one because it's a Western. And you may like this one because it's a, a big epic story. And um, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm excited for Obi-Wan. I feel oh, like that's, oh, that's what I like, am high so up excited on my list. For, that's what I want to see. When we do Kenobi at midnight, or Kenobi. Have have Midnight Kenobi, Kenobi Nights. Midnight. Well, it's yes. going to have to have a different name. I Kung need the location. Wait, is there Kenobi a time Nights? that starts with K? Yeah, I was going to say Kenobi Nights. Oh, Kenobi Nights. Kenobi Nights. Two Ks. Yes. Right? Because then it's like Jedi Nights, and then yeah. it's like, and it's okay. at night, and it's, we're talking night. about Obi Wan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you're, you're welcome. I think Obi Wan Jabronis <laughs> is a much funnier name, but uh, <laughs> we had another question. How many seasons do you think we will get of The Mandalorian, and how many would you like it to be? Good question. I That's think, a really good question. I think five, probably. That seems about right. How many was Breaking Bad? Eight? Six. six? Five or six? six? Yeah. Five or six. Okay, then yeah, I wanted around that. Around. Breaking Bad. No like. way. I want Lost. Six seasons, 25 episode seasons. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to get bad at any point. So maybe, well, I don't think it Sorry. will, but I'd say five seasons. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that today. It's so interesting to be watching a show where like, you know, if you think about what happened with Game of Thrones, where it was like universally loved for five full seasons and then like, in one fell swoop, everybody went, no, we don't yeah. like it anymore. Um, but we've got that John Favreau, Dave Filoni track record. People seem to have enjoyed every everything that Dave Filoni has done. So I, I think they're smart enough to know when when to end it. And I, I'm, I'm assuming they have a, a full story mapped out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty cool. When yeah, usually like Filoni that. does that because he yeah. had one for Clone Wars. Right. right. And the only difference is he didn't get to do the last season because, well... Disney bought Lucasfilm and Disney just said, nope, it's canceled now. Okay, bye. They did? And then uh, they did. And so, I know, shocking. And then, uh, but then he actually did get to finish it. And We love Disney. It, uh, yeah. We do love Disney. We're all Disney no, marks. I, I, I didn't say that we didn't. I just said I just that wanted to say happened. it out loud for everybody's benefit. We love it. D Keep going. Dude, what? I uh, Star Wars. I love the parks. And, <laughs> like, don't cancel me, Walt. I, wherever you're frozen, just whatever you do. Oh my God! Don't cancel. Yeah, it's like Wayne's World. Don't cancel me, Walt. You can't cancel it. Yeah. Um, Troy, uh, you you have dabbled in the television industry. What does your professional mind say? How many seasons this will go? I, I think I think five six is probably the top of it i think they're they're building toward you know a story arc that's probably only going to draw out over i i think if they get past six seasons it's going to start feeling a little long in the tooth so un unless something dramatic happens and right. there's a big revelation that you know this this show reinvents itself in season four or five and it turns into something else but i think we'll yeah. get a movie event there's no doubt in my mind there will be a mandalorian movie at some point six seasons in a movie it, it oh, ends it that would be yeah. great 
Uh, Abigail, any thoughts on that? And then we'll wrap up. I just echoing what y'all say um, and have said uh, five seasons seems like a pretty good place to stop. That seems satisfying. I think that once the story of um, the finding the child's home and putting that to bed, once that's done, it should probably wrap up, but I am here for like any episode of, of Mando getting himself out of a tough situation. Like I, I think that he's so awesome. Um, and it's so enjoyable to watch so next week on the Mandalorian. Mando has to take his SATs, but he hasn't studied at all. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see someone do like an opening of like MacGyver. Yeah. But Mando. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's get on it. Hey, listen, folks, this was a lot of fun. I am so happy that everybody joined us. Thanks to everybody in the chat for hanging out, having a good time. Obviously, we're doing this every Friday night. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this every Friday night because I'm completely exhausted and I'm going to be up. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Um, but that's, Taking naps. We're taking naps. naps. Uh, Troy, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, you can find Troy every week on the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossFit podcast. You can find Ryan, myself, and Abigail doing weekly toy anxiety on yes have some's youtube channel make sure you're subscribed and obviously we've got yes have some podcast that drops every week and i don't know how i suckered myself into doing three podcasts a week <laughs> along with uh everything else we've got going on in our lives but hey it's a lot of fun i love talking about star wars with you guys so we will see everybody next week for midnight mando my name is craig goldberg <laughs> no, Get it out! what is he doing <laughs> Eat that? Spit it out! What is it? Well, is it a lemon? It's kind. Troy's, Troy's not having a second child now. It's happening. No. <laughs> did he eat an <laughs> egg? Just, what did I miss? Yeah, he, he just, ate an egg, dude. Get he ate it. an egg. Oh my god! I'm like so <laughs> offended right now. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I used to we'll say Troy was time. cute, but now he's just creepy. I'm upset that I don't have an egg. <laughs> 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 Good night. I'm not gonna say it. Not gonna say it.